0: Good evening, America. How are you doing tonight? And welcome again to another edition of The Sea Report. We are coming to you guys live on this Monday, February 28th, 2022. The last day of February is upon us. And we are here live, doing it the way we do it at the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen, and we are so happy to have you all along for the ride with us. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just as you know, my name is Mr. C, and I am your host for this evening's news events, uh, where we uh, curate the news just the kind of way that we do it over here. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, welcome, 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 welcome into another show, another edition, another, uh, we'll see how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's going to be a pretty good episode tonight, and uh, I thank you all, those who are joining us for tagging along live with us now. We are coming to you guys a little bit late in the evening tonight. I know you guys probably aren't used to the Sea Report coming on in the dark, but nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, we are here as ever. And uh, boy, do we have some stuff to cover. Now, you know, I'm just about waiting for this whole Russia, Russia, Russia thing to end because I've got more important things to cover than this uh, NATO deep state globalist distraction, this uh, this wah-wah, cry for help, wah-wah, we can't get what we want, little skirmish that they are putting on for the world. This night, you know, they're trying to put on a movie, unlike anyone has ever done before but let's just put it this way just like the failed uh the failed um uh, and and woke members of Hollywood and the likes, well, I mean, production value has gone down. Uh, All the good writers have left the building. There's no more uh, good cinematographers and, you know, photographers to uh, assist them with their angles. Their lighting's all wrong. You know, they just can't seem to get it. And the worst part is their best actors are the failing pundits on all of their lamestream, shame stream, fake news, legacy, propaganda, Mockingbird Pedophile Networks ladies and gentlemen and it's just not working because guess what The world sees right through these unabashed liars. The world sees right through these heretical propagandists, ladies and gentlemen. I should say, I should say, these betrayers of humanity as they try and pull another one over us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that just doesn't work nowadays. They just cannot do it. I think, uh, I think the minds, the eyes, the sight, the heart, the vibrations, the nature, the intellect, everything about humanity has risen to a point that either they uh, they, they can uh, see right through the lies or they just don't even bother wasting their own energy, mulling over, contemplating, worrying, or thinking about what it is that the globalists are trying to accomplish at this point in time. And you know, I I would posit that Putin would have been out of Ukraine by Monday had they not kept their little uh, their little propaganda cocktail of lies going. Like, there's no telling what else they're going to come up with. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen, we will dedicate tonight's show, perhaps for the last time, to the Russia-Ukraine debacle. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, as they always do, ladies and gentlemen, as they always do, as we approach a weekend, as we approach the hush-hush slow cycle of the news week, which is always towards a Friday, right? When no one's paying attention and they try and slip things in there, they try and do something dramatic when they think no one has their eyes on them. Of course, they start crying wolf about a whole bunch of other things. Zelensky's gonna be killed. He is being targeted. By these Russian mercenaries. And yeah, and uh, Putin's gonna drop a nuclear bomb. Hold on to your panties and get in your bomb cellars because by Monday there will be some kind of a blast. Oh, 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 oh. Woe is me says the deep state globalist elitist pig pig filth out there as they try, 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 try to sell this story that no one is buying, okay? No one's buying it. No one wants to see it. No one wants to read it. You know what? It's not worth the time. In fact, I think a lot of people are asking for their refunds, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. Forget the refunds, they're tearing up the tickets and they're walking right out of the theater. With their popcorn in hand. They've got better places to use that popcorn, ladies and gentlemen. They've got better places. They've got better movies to watch. You know, sure hits, ladies and gentlemen, coming right up for them as their eyes begin to awaken, Mm -hmm. as their ears begin to hear, Uh as their hearts begin to feel and their minds begin to comprehend All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Sea Report. We're here with you guys on episode number 257 on this last, last, last day of the month of February, the shortest month of the year, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we're glad to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, We are coming to you guys live, of course, over at Rumble, over at Twitch, over at Clout Hub. We're even on SusanTube tonight. Oh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, because I've been haranguing some people over there on my personal entertainment account, right? And, well, I thought, let's just put this episode up here so they can see I'm not just talking out of my tuchus, but I might actually know what I'm talking about. Just never forget, if I'm wrong, I will let you guys know. So <laughs> thank you for uh, thank you for humoring me on my perspective, ladies and gentlemen. And then also, ladies and gentlemen... We will never forget, we are also live at the foxhole.app and pilled.net, ladies and gentlemen, where the, uh, where, where the patriotic and positive juices of broadcasts such as these incubate and sustain. Thank you all for joining us again tonight. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, 123SKG, sub-pack vet, bubbles! And uh, who's this? And what is that? Who is touching my TV screen? Someone's playing with my TV. You guys can't see my monitor, but someone is playing with my monitor right now, ladies and gentlemen. They got they probably have one of those phantom remotes, you know, like like those uh, ghost remotes, kind of like the ghost, what was the Ghost of Kiev? I have the Ghost of Kiev commandeering my computer screen, my monitor. Well, you're supposed to hit the power button to turn it off, not this. I don't know what the heck they're doing right now. Thankfully, you guys can't see it. If you guys were on my side of the uh, the window here, well, you'd be like, what is going on here? And it happens every now and then. They start fiddling with the remote, and they try and throw me off my game. But it's probably Freddy Durf. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you. Yeah, screws in tube. I like that one. I like that one. So pack screws in tube because she likes to screws it to ya. Oh, thank goodness, none of the uh, none of the libtarbs really know what they're like. Susan Tube, what's that? They probably think it's a hit new platform for, lib, uh, for uh, patriots and conservatives to get. Oh, thank you, Ghost of Kiev, for uh, stop messing with my screen. I appreciate it. It's fixed now. Okay, guys, as you can see, I didn't do anything. I was just sitting here when, uh, yeah, something something slid into it or whatever. Anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, as I was saying... Uh, we're here a bit, of, a little bit later tonight than we uh, normally would be. We had a, a pretty good episode this afternoon of Lone Star News. We went into overdrive with Lone Star new guys news because, uh, after all, tomorrow is the Texas primaries. I'm very, very proud to say that I will be going to cast my ballot mañana. I will be going to cast my ballot, and I feel confident in my decisions. Uh, after doing this deep dive into all of the uh, numerous numerous candidates and the numerous competitions and contests that are taking place tomorrow in this uh, fair primary, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it is very important. So if you, ladies and gentlemen, are joining us across any of the platforms, across the interwebs within the United States of Texas, oh lordy, (laughs) within the United States, that was the Texas pride coming out in me, okay, within the United States of America, but specifically within the state of Texas, and you have not cast your vote. And you're looking for that quick note about what is really, who should I vote for? Well, please, by all means, check out Lone Star News episode number 24 and 25 as we did the GOP primary ballot prep episodes. Oh boy, did we dig into some stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, good, good stuff. Good stuff. And you know, if you voted already, it's okay. I'm just an election day kind of guy, okay? Okay. But uh, we'll see how it goes uh, tomorrow. We'll see how it goes after tomorrow. Actually, I think I need to find me some. uh, I need to find me some uh, some uh, vote vote after parties or something like that. I need to go to uh, some watch parties or something. I need to go find something to do. What candidate am I going to go hang around with? Now we had interesting enough. I'm in San Antonio. We had like so many San Antonio candidates running but I don't think any of them are going to win, honestly, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You know, at least we have some conservative voices here in the state of Texas, in the city of San Antonio, Uh, you know, but uh, it is what it is, ladies and gentlemen, uh, to borrow the uh, boring and uh, jaded and uh, uh, jaundiced, uh, you know, adage. It is what it is. It is what it is. But uh, yes, so anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if you haven't voted yet, then I would suggest that you uh, go on out, check out those episodes, or better yet, so this way you don't have to be tied down to a screen, you can always head over to our podcast over at anchor.fm slash the sea report, ladies and gentlemen. And when you go and do that, you have access to every single um episode of the C report in podcast format but you also have access to Lone Star News and uh we are quickly starting to catch up on the Mr. C and the Dark episodes over there so we are totally up to date on Lone Star and the C report so you can definitely get a listen in on those Lone Star News episodes regarding our GOP primary ballot and like I said earlier guys like I said during Lone Star News today you know I had some people saying Mr. C why do you wait until the last minute to get these ballot preps in? And I say, well, you know, it's because I, you know, uh, with no disrespect, but I do firmly believe Election Day is the day we should be voting. So uh, I'm going to wait just a little bit to get that information out there. And then, of course, it was a lot of legwork, guys. Who boy, the uh, amount of information that was coming across my desk about some of these candidates and guys the texas railroad commission contest is probably one of the most dramatic election contests to happen this side of the 2020 general election, y'all. Like <laughs> We're talking, we had prostitutes running, we had people dying, we had scandals, we had cover-ups, all in the Texas Railroad Commission contest. What does that tell you about this competition? It tells you that even though Texas Railroad Commission doesn't sound like it has anything to do with it, it sounds like, going to be deciding uh, what trains will be running on a certain day and whether or not you're going to, I don't know, perform maintenance on a track. Texas Railroad Commission is all about, all about managing, regulating, making laws on, making bills, writing checks for, making amendments for the Texas oil and energy sector and businesses. So with all this drama happening just in the Texas Railroad Commission competition, you know, Texas oil and Texas energy, big oil, big energy, they're trying to put their mark on it. And we even had a candidate die in a car crash, leaving a campaign event for Texas Railroad Commissioner. Dramatic. We had one of them up there in, uh, in pasties and a thong riding an oil rig. Dramatic. And so, man, oh, man, all I can say is if you voted Wayne Christian... I wish you had waited until you saw our report because that is the man that you do not want to vote for. That is the man who is in the pocket of big oil and big energy and he received a mighty big payoff for some favors that he did for some oil companies that spoiled an aquifer, okay? So uh, yeah, well... It is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. We can't hold it against you. All I can say is thank you for voting and thank you for participating in our great American tradition and in the last truly sovereign and sacred election process on this planet because that is what we have, ladies and gentlemen. That's why they say, and I wasn't the first one to say it, but I'll say it in in honor and in commemoration. Our vote is the most coveted the most coveted thing on this planet because it is symbolic and representative of a free people, ladies and gentlemen. And even if that's just on paper at this time, we can't let them take that away from us. And so we have to be active and we have to be curious about who it is that we will be voting for. And we have to be ready to hold them accountable just in case they flip flop or they end up being something they're not. So check us out over at anchor.fm slash the C-Report. You can subscribe for free. You can find any of your favorite podcast platforms that you can get on and find our show on. You can subscribe there for free. I will never put my content behind a paywall. And that is why I also depend on you, the audience, for your support, whether that is sharing the link or whether that is giving us a monetary donation to keep me doing what I'm doing here at Mr. C-TV And don't forget, Mr. CTV brings you the C Report, Lone Star News, uh, Mr. C in the Dark, and other shows, broadcasts, live events, and live stream and watch parties. And uh, let it be known, from my heart to yours, it is deeply appreciated. All right, last bit of housekeeping. Uh, Don't forget to check us out over at theseareport.com. Sign up for our email list right now, ladies and gentlemen, just in case they decide to hunker down and close me down, guys. At least I can still communicate with you somehow and uh, tell you what. As soon as uh, thecereport.com, the brand new website, goes live, if you're on that email list, you will be the first to know. If you sign up for the email list right now, ladies and gentlemen, over at thecereport.com, I'll also send you some free promotional stickers. Now, uh, if you haven't sent me your address and you signed up for it, um, I have sent out an e- I've sent out an email to those who, uh, s- who, uh, signed up for this. Uh, if you already sent me your address, well then rest assured your stickers will be on their way shortly. And I thank you again for your support. So, uh, well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I've got to say about that. And I think now, ladies and gentlemen, we can jump into today's C-Report. All All right okay so where are we starting today well as always president trump leads here at The C-Report. Hope you guys had a chance to catch President Trump's speech over at CPAC 2022. It was pretty darn good, if I do say so myself. Man, you talk about dropping some hints. It was almost tangible what the man was saying in regards to uh, his uh, status in, uh, well, in the grand scheme of things, you know? You know, because, uh, I mean, this is just a Mr. C thing. I don't feel like I'm going to have to vote for the man again, but you know I would. You know I would. All right, so let's see what President Trump has to say today. I think we got about two statements, maybe. Oh, well, here's the first one. It's not necessarily a statement, but it is notification of his next rally event, ladies and gentlemen. President Trump Doing another rally, doing it the way only President Trump can do it. He will be holding a rally in South Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, President Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of the United States of America, will hold a rally in Florence, South Carolina. And uh, this will be held on Saturday, March 12th, 2022. He'll be on stage at about 7 p.m. Eastern Time, which is the time the boss always takes the stage, barring any type of uh, behind-the-scenes activities that we should not be privy to. Uh, it's, uh, let's see here. He will be delivering his marks at 7 p.m. on March 12th. This is going to be at the Florence Regional Airport. Ooh, it's going to be a dramatic show, guys. Located at 2100 Terminal Drive, Florence, South Carolina, 29501. I'm sure it will be a remarkable event. Now, you guys know we always do the uh, President Trump rally watch parties. I can tell you right now, I do have something planned for that day. So I will make it back ASAP as soon as possible. If I could take my gear on the road with me and broadcast live from there, well, it would just be rude to my company, but (laughs) otherwise, you know I would do it, guys. So I will uh, play it by ear on this one. I would just, uh, I would just, uh, I would be a little bit forlorn if this were the first Trump rally that I were going to miss. But uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, scheduling, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) scheduling. Okay, guys, let's see what else we have here by way of President Trump. This is a statement coming straight up today. Okie dokie. What do we got, Mr. Trump? It says here, I hope everyone is able to remember that it was me as president of the United States that got delinquent NATO members to start paying their dues, which amounted to hundreds of billions of dollars. There would be no NATO if I did not act strongly and swiftly. Also, it makes it was me that got Ukraine the very effective anti-tank busters, the Javelins, when the previous administration was sending blankets. Let history so note. <laughs> Let the record show that President Trump was not sending pillows and blankets to Ukraine. That was Obama. Uh, But he was actually giving them some type of support. A good thing, a bad thing, a thing, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, of course, you know... We're going to lend some of our allies that support. But, uh, well, it's very interesting because, you know, uh, President Trump has been making these NATO remarks. I think it's very fitting for tonight's show. It's very fitting for the circumstance that we are seeing happening uh, right now on the ground, uh, on the other side of the world, where we have this skirmish, where we have this, uh, I don't know what we could call it, the telltale war. Of the lamestream, stream, fake news, legacy propaganda, mockingbird, pedophile media, and the globalists—they're like crying wolf, okay? Uh, because you know the funny thing is, even even those even those uh, broadcasts, dare I say, those programs, who are like globalist outfits, they they just can't help. But admit that uh, it doesn't seem that what is being projected on the lamestream, shamestream, fake news, legacy media, mocking, propaganda, pedophile news is what's happening on the ground. I mean, you know, and it's not just the globalist shill pundits. Well, don't get me wrong. You have those out there that are still incessantly crying war, okay? They're incessantly crying. Now they're, pu- now they're saying Putin's going to what? Threaten everyone with a nuclear bomb? Hmm. I don't know, something tells me that those words probably didn't come out of Putin's mouth exactly the way that they are sharing it across the world. We're hearing about ghost planes who are like knocking uh, 20, 18, 9, 2018910 Russian jets out of the sky. We're not seeing any kind of footage to support that. We're hearing about uh hearing about uh, the people of Ukraine standing up to the to Russia. We're not seeing any kind of defense military on the ground. We got even the left Libtards watching their computer screens and watching their uh, watching their uh, their their Earth cams and their live cams, and no one is seeing what the media is vomiting down everyone's throat that has their mouths open to it, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that says something. Now we've been saying here at the Sea Report that this has been a deep state globalist plan, with NATO being the uh, the main, uh, the main, uh, here, for lack of a better word, uh, because after all, it seems that the United States has been using NATO as its vessel into war with Russia, and we've been saying that since Kazakhstan on January 2nd, 2022, okay? We are now about to enter into March, ladies and gentlemen, and it seems that this storyline is exactly exactly playing out to be just that way. And I think that the deep state globalists are holding on as long as they can, because they're about to get themselves busted wide open. We're talking, they're about to get split in half, ladies and gentlemen, like a coconut, or a watermelon that gets an exceedingly large spike right through the center of it, if you know what I mean, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, they are crying and fighting for their lives right now, and I think the only way that they're able to really do this is through the lamestream, stream, propaganda, legacy, fake news, mockingbird, pedophile media, ladies and gentlemen. It's the only way they're able to accomplish it. It's the only way that they're able to do it. Because they are totally neutered, in my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. And so that is where we stand right now. Now, in regards to NATO, you know, uh, President Trump has been making these statements about NATO. Now, I would like to know where the mainstream... I'm not even going to say mainstream anymore. I did so good so far without saying mainstream. Where the shame stream, lame stream, fake news, legacy media, the propaganda, mockingbird, pedophile media. Where were they? when President Trump was saying these things when he was in office is what I wanna know. Now, if memory serves, they probably said a tit or two, a tat or two, but uh, now they're trying to make it a point President Trump is a liar. President Trump didn't do all this stuff with NATO. He didn't make them pay their bills. He didn't make Germany and all of them fork over millions of dollars. He didn't make France, you know, uh, fork over all the money that they have not been paying into this uh, North Atlantic alliance, you know. Uh, So uh, why, why is it that now they're saying that? Is it that they're trying to discredit it? It's interesting, though. Because they're saying this thing and they're trying to decry President Trump. They're trying to say, well, President Bush did it. President Obama started it. So how can you take credit? Well, let me tell you something. Lame stream, shame stream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media. If uh, Bush and Obama were really doing it then, then why is it that he collected billions of dollars once he was in office? Why was that, uh, that big old chunk of change... Why was that not uh, evenly dispersed throughout, what, the 16 years plus, 20 years plus since Bush? Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense, lamestream, mainstream, uh, shamestream media. And so you can see they can continue to lie, but we just keep on debunking them at every turn. It is, it is the independent, patriot, conservative media. It is the citizen journalist's turn to fact-check The mainstream, lamestream, fake news, legacy media, ladies and gentlemen, we are fact-checking them now on the spot, on the turn of a dime. We are, in fact, making them eat their words, and yeah, some episodes are actually shoving those words right back down their throat, to be quite honest with you all. But uh, doesn't it feel good to be able to, uh, to, to fact-check these guys in, lifetime, in live time? It feels good to be able to fact-check these guys in live time and they can't do diddly about it and they have no control, no power, nothing over all of this propaganda they're spewing, like as if though their jugular was exposed and they were just bleeding out all over the place. Lamestream, shamestream shame stream media. I think you guys might have bitten off a little bit more than you can chew, but just so you can see that I'm not coming up with this stuff on my own, let's turn over to this article that's brought to you guys by what? The Business Insider. Now, these guys, I mean, they're they're a dishonorable mention, but you know, when we read the enemy papers, we quite often get a perspective that we might not have held otherwise, or perhaps it's just confirmation of things that we already know, ladies and gentlemen, and that's why we entertain it. Trump withheld aid from Ukraine and frequently bashed NATO. Oh 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 oh. Maybe that's why President Trump's making such a statement, because President Trump is withholding blankets and pillows from Ukraine, even though he sent them money and he sent them uh your tank busters, basically, ladies and gentlemen. The rest of the headline reads, Despite what he's now claiming amid Russia's unprovoked war. Lord, ladies and gentlemen, you know, this reminds me of uh, someone who is in the water and they can't swim. And so they reach for the first person or thing that's next to them and they try and pull them down with themselves. Panic, ladies and gentlemen. Panic in D.C. Panic in NATO. Panic in whatever corner of the pyramid these guys are in. It's panic, guys. And they're trying to pull Trump down as they always have from the jump. Let's see what the article says. It goes this way. President Donald Trump continues to push a revisionist. Oh, they're talking about President Trump as if though he were like some kind of SJW or some kind of CRT person here, right? A revisionist. He wants to reimagine history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, business insider. We know better than that. Uh, President Donald Trump continues to push a revisionist history when it comes to how he approached Ukraine and NATO while in the White House. And yet the Business Insider seems to forget that uh, people tend to remember nowadays, yep, we're not as shallow as we used to be in the mind or the memory. And uh, we also know how to dig to counteract and counterpoint your talking points, okay? We know now. It's quite clear. It's not that hard to do, actually. They make it pretty easy. So, I mean, maybe we shouldn't walk around with our uh, pants held up as high as they are and the chip on the shoulder that we have, but uh, they make it easy, right? Okay. Trump, who has repeatedly mischaracterized how NATO functions and is funded in a new statement on Monday, said, I hope everyone is able to remember that it was me as president of the United States that got delinquent NATO members to start paying their dues, which amounted to hundreds of billions of dollars. Now, here comes the spin. Both President Barack Obama, Barry Sotero, and George W. Bush pressured NATO allies to increase their spending. Now, they pressured them to increase their spending, but did they hold them accountable or did they just start the ball rolling? Oh, 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 and then it took them, what, 20 to 16 years in order for them to actually pay up? So it's because of the, it's because of the animus, the impetus, of Obama and Bush that the NATO members finally, in the year 2018, started to pay billions of dollars. Oh yeah, it's because of everything that they said to them back when they were a president, and it didn't matter anymore once they were out of office. But let's not forget, they were like, you guys better pay. Yeah, sure. Okay, that's very believable, Business Insider. Good job there. Uh, So they say Trump was hardly the first, but Trump is the one who did hold him accountable. Trump is the one who said, we're not going to protect you. So, you know, if a bomb goes off, so sorry, because guess what? The globalist has used the NATO nations as a proxy weapon against any of their enemies since, what, the 1990s? They've been doing it to Russia since, uh, you know, the, uh, United, uh, the USSR fell, you know? This is what the scheme has been. And we have been fitting the bill for two, two, uh, decades, ladies and gentlemen. Now, it says here, since 2014, several years before Trump entered the White House, defense spending by NATO members has steadily increased. Oh, so you know what that tells me? That tells me that probably before they were paying nothing, Okay, they were probably paying nothing. And under the uh, pressure of Obama and Bush, they probably started to pay like a (laughs) dollar. And then the following year, they paid two dollars. And then the following year, they paid twenty dollars. And then the following year, they paid fifty dollars. And so by the time that Obama was out of office, they were paying two hundred dollars each a month. Oh, I mean, that's, that's accurate reporting. It was steadily increasing, right? I mean, steadily increasing. It just depends on how you spin the propaganda, right? I mean, they're not lying. I'm sure, you know, they're not lying. Okay, let's see here. Since 2014, all allies in Europe and Canada have increased defense spending every year by a dollar. And they have in total added 270 billion extra for defense, NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg said earlier this month. In other words, Trump is taking credit for a trend. That began before he was president, and he's done so repeatedly again, guys. You don't get hundreds of billions of dollars, and I know my audience understands this. This is for all you newcomers out there. Welcome to the fold, my friends. This is for all you guys to understand how the media spins and the lies that they tell, ladies and gentlemen. In other words, says Business Insider, Trump is taking credit for a trend. Trump, in his new statement, also said, There would be no NATO if I did not act strongly and swiftly. But during his presidency, Trump repeatedly bashed NATO and raised fears that the United States would leave the alliance. His approach to NATO created historic tensions with key United States allies. And you know what? That is the 5D chess this man was playing. I'm so sorry, Business Insider, if you don't understand, but this audience does. Also, it was me that got Ukraine the very effective anti-tank busters, the javelins, when the previous administration was sending blankets. Let history so note, let the record show. (laughs) Trump was sending them missiles and tank busters. And Obama was sending them blankets and pillows. I don't even want to know what Bush sent them. Probably a can of beans. Trump went on to say that in his statement. It's true, Business Insider admits that Javelin anti-tank missiles were sold to Ukraine during the Trump era, but Trump in 2019 was also impeached, in part for withholding roughly $400 million of military aid in Ukraine as it continued to fight a war against Kremlin-backed rebels in the Donbass region. Okay, Business Insider, just so you know, my audience is a little bit more savvy than that. Now, where he might have withheld withheld $400 million of military aid, at least he did not blackmail them with a billion dollars in military aid, okay? And let's not forget this whole skirmish in the Donbass region is such a quagmire of lies and propaganda there might be a reason why he withheld that $400 million of military aid to Ukraine. Maybe it's because he did not want that $400 million to go to the Azov Battalion. Maybe he did not want that money to go and fund the Nazi mercenaries that they have been hiring, they being the globalists, to defend the Donbass region. Maybe it's because he knew if he sent $400 million of military aid to Ukraine and they sent it to the Nazis and the war tourists and the hired help there in Donbass, they would have been aiding a genocide of the People's Republic of the Donetsk and the Luhansk. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. What do you think about that? You think that could possibly be the case? Like I said, Business Insider, my audience is savvy and they know, ladies and gentlemen, they know. Now, the article goes on to say Trump froze the aid while pressuring Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky. Oh god, here we go with the quid pro joe currently being lauded as a hero as Russia invades. You know, it's nice to see that they are actually lauding Zelensky as a hero because uh they were just lauding Poroshenko as a hero. Uh, they had they had a they had an article with Poroshenko holding an Automatic machine gun, or a machine, that's automatic, right? That's like, that's like what? Redundant. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm still learning my weapons, but that is pretty redundant. They had, um, they had an article, Poroshenko holding an, uh, I was going to say it again, holding a machine gun saying, I am here to fight Putin. I am going to save Ukraine. So they're still trying to push this negative that one of the most corrupt presidents in Ukrainian history, who is not only charged with treason, but also flew the coup whenever they came after him, Okay. They're still trying to paint this guy as a hero. So it's nice to see that they're trying to paint Voldemar Zelensky as a hero, but I think there might be something else going on there, guys. I think that, uh, you know, Voldemort Zelensky didn't run away from Ukraine like they wanted him to. And so they have to paint him as a hero. You know, if Voldemort Zelensky had left Ukraine... Like they want him to, right? Didn't Biden say, we got a plane for you on the tarmac, just leave Ukraine now. And Zelensky was like, I'm not leaving Ukraine. Send me some weapons. Send me some troops. I'm not leaving this country you know Poroshenko would have went right in and they would have been like, Zelensky flees, Poroshenko the hero returns. And then they would have hailed Poroshenko and then they would have staged another coup. They would have thrown out Zelensky and they would have installed Poroshenko. Poroshenko, of course, being in the back pocket of the globalist, elitist Joe Biden and everybody else. It would have been a royal mess, guys. So Zelensky... You get our applaud, okay? My audience applauds you, Zelensky, for holding it down in Ukraine and not running away like the globalist president of Afghanistan, okay? Because that guy took off quick. He was like, holy crap. He was like, the 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 rightful political party that belongs in Afghanistan, otherwise known as the Taliban, has come to town, and our globalist backers over there in the United States are pulling out. I'm out of here, guys. That was the president of Afghanistan, and uh, Zelensky did not follow suit. So good job, Zelensky. We're proud of you, boy. You hold it down, boy. You're an actor. You keep that straight face on. You keep on mean mugging and don't you cry. <laughs> Even if you want to, Zelensky, don't you shed a tear. You just go play that magic piano, if you know what I mean. I know some of you guys have seen that clip. All right. It says uh, It says here, Zelensky to launch an investigation into the Democrat... Uh, presidential. Can- OK, wait, 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 wait. let me re- let me back it up here because I've been talking too much for this sentence to be coherent. Trump froze the aid while pressuring Ukrainian president. Oh, yeah, we're talking about the frickin quid pro Joe. Trump froze the aid while pressuring Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky to launch an investigation into then Democrat presidential candidate Joe Biden and his son Hunter. OK, guys, a uh, business insider. Business Insider, don't you know everybody knows, Business Insider? Don't you know everybody knows, Business Insider? Where were you during the Mueller report, Business Insider? Where were you during uh, during this whole John Durham investigation that's just been bust wide open, Business Insider? Why are you still spinning these lies, people? Okay, anyways, moving right along. Trump's suggestion that the Obama administration only sent blankets to Ukraine is also false. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, I have no way of fact-checking this. After Russia invaded Ukraine and annexed Crimea in 2014, there were growing calls in Washington for the United States to provide Kiev with security assistance. The Obama administration refused to provide lethal aid to Ukraine over fears it could escalate the conflict with Russia and has faced criticism over this. But the United States under Obama did ultimately provide Ukraine with millions in security assistance, including military equipment and training. But between 2014 and 2016, the U.S. committed over $600 million in security assistance to Ukraine with purchasing the Azov Battalion. That's how they did it. They hired Nazis and mercenaries to train their people. They hired Nazis and mercenaries to train the citizens. That's what Obama did. Of course, he hired Nazis because after all, after that, they became part of uh, what? Ukraine's National Guard as well. That's a a pretty slick one, Business Insider. That's pretty slick. We're not going to tell you what kind of security assistance they purchased for Ukraine. We're not going to tell you it was Nazis that they were using in Ukraine. We're not going to tell you that Obama was using Nazis and buying these kinds of mercenaries and war tourists in Ukraine. But uh, I guess that's besides the point, right, Business Insider? Lies of omission. Lies of Manelli lies, ladies and gentlemen. Under the Biden administration, the U.S. has provided Ukraine with roughly $1 billion in security assistance, including lethal aid. With a Russian invasion of Ukraine underway, Trump and his Republican allies have made the case that Moscow never would have attacked if he was in the White House, and many in the GOP have sought to politicize the crisis. Meanwhile, top experts on Russia and authoritarianism, who these experts usually are authoritarian, have said that Trump emboldened Russian President Vladimir Putin and helped pave the way for this war. With all the sanctions that President Trump put on Vladimir Putin, after all, it wasn't President Trump that was buying oil from Putin, it's Biden who's been buying oil from Putin, and if I'm not mistaken, we purchased some today. (laughs) Oh my goodness, it feels so good to fact check these mongrels live and on the air. Speaking of Nazis... Ladies and gentlemen, you're right, Sazzy Q. He was never impeached. And yes, rhino members too. You know how I feel about rhinos. You guys know. Currently speaking, all 95 to 98% of the Republicans in the House and the Senate and the lower and the upper chamber, they need to go. Ladies and gentlemen, I would say just vote them on out, guys. Everyone's going to go through a primary in the next year to two years if they haven't already and they need to go. They need to go. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the Nazis what we're doing right now is we are, uh, we are kind of, we're going to be kind of bouncing back and forth between the lamestream, stream legacy news narrative and uh, what we think is currently happening on the ground. We're going to have a lot of news coming from Sputnik and from Toss. Now, these are Russian news agencies, so this way you guys can get the other perspective on what is happening out there and not just what is being vomited on all of the major networks. This would include places like Faux News, ladies and gentlemen. They're all caught up. If you have rhinos in office, clearly, like we need to put sanctions on Russia. That was the best. That was the best Mitch McConnell that I could do, you know. And 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 Lindsey Graham. Oh my God, we need to put some sanctions on them Russians. You know, it's pretty clear, guys. Uh, you know, just like with election integrity, we can see whose side these people on just based on the decisions and the uh, the calls for actions that they're making. So take note, guys. Take note. So this way there is no shadow of doubt to tell us and let us know who these people are, whether they are Rhino or whether they are what... 100% America first, ladies and gentlemen, because that's what we want right now, and that is what we need, ladies and gentlemen. Now, let's talk about these Nazis that seem to be—you want to talk about the ghosts of Kiev? Here are the ghosts of Kiev, the Nazis, that no one seems to be able to acknowledge, even though everyone in the world knows they exist. At this point in the in the game, every layman knows that Ukraine has utilized Nazis and that Nazis are infested in their government. Everybody knows business insider everybody knows you know, but still still you know uh, uh this is this is this is a a brash. An unfettered lie by Putin and Russia and the Kremlin that the Nazis do not exist, etc., etc., etc. Obama did not pay for the Nazis to assist in 2014. Oh wait, wait, I was wrong. It wasn't Obama. It was Victorian Newland. Okay, my bad, my bad. That's a technicality, but it's not a lie of omission. Okay, so this comes from Sputnik. Okay, so this is actually from Russia. Okay, and let's see what they have to say when they start to analyze what it was that Putin meant by denazification in Ukraine. Okay, now this is never going to get a tired point here because it's just it debunks. It debunks the mainstream media so bad. Guys, it's fun. All right. Why did Putin or what did Putin mean by denazification of Ukraine and why is it so important? It says here. For years, Russia has been calling on Western nations to investigate cases of human rights abuse, illegal killings, and war crimes committed by the Ukrainian authorities that came to power after the 2014 coup. Moscow pointed out that many of them were committed by neo-Nazis against Russians or Russian-speaking people. When President Vladimir Putin was announcing the start of a special operation to protect the Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republic, On February 24th, he described the goals as demilitarizing and denazifying Ukraine. His spokesman later elaborated that denazifying means that Russia is planning to free Ukraine from neo-Nazis, their supporters, and their ideology. Moscow has repeatedly warned foreign nations about neo-Nazis taking control of Ukraine, following the Western-backed coup in 2014. However, Western nations chose to ignore the human rights violations committed by the Kiev regime. What were these war crimes? Now, for those of you who have never seen this show or who are tuning in for the first time, I would urge you, we have documented this plenty. You go back, we're what, episode 257 today? Go back to at least episode 252 or 253. We've been documented. We've pulled out papers. We've pulled out video. We've shown you pictures. They exist, ladies and gentlemen, and they are in... A lot of levels of the Ukraine from the military up through the government, okay? We even have one uh, that was uh, mentioned in a phone call, Victoria, Newland and Pyatt, okay? And they're talking about how whoever gets installed needs to, be, uh, needs to be conferring with one of these Nazi leaders, okay? So let's continue. Setting trade unions house on fire with people in it. As nationalists and neo-Nazis were illegally seizing power across the country, they faced opposition from the so-called anti-Maidan movement, which was against the coup. Clashes between neo-Nazis and anti-Maidan protesters took place across the country. But what happened in Odessa on 2 May 2014 would be remembered as one of the darkest pages in Ukraine's history. Following street fighting with neo-Nazis, the anti-Maidan protesters barricaded themselves in a local trade union's house. Their opponents, backed by the new Ukrainian authorities, encircled the building and set it on fire using petroleum bombs. When the blaze erupted on the second and third floors of the building, several hundred people were trapped inside, desperately trying to escape. Ten of them fell to their death, 32 more died, suffering from severe burns and suffocating from smoke, and 250 others managed to escape the death trap with various injuries as firefighters arrived at the scene an hour after the blaze broke out. War crimes of nationalist volunteer battalions exposed, not prosecuted. Apart from deploying regular troops to shell the cities of the DPR and the LPR, that's the Donetsk and the Luhansk People's Republics, the new Kiev leadership attracted several so-called volunteer battalions. Because they weren't volunteer, they were being paid by Obama! Ragtag groups of people, often nationalists and ex-convicts, funded and equipped by Ukrainian oligarchs and businessmen with connections to the new government. Their members were often involved in various war crimes, ranging from looting to killing civilians and rape. One such battalion, dubbed Tornado, was disbanded in December 2014 by Kiev following numerous reports of its crimes, but its members were never prosecuted, with many of them moving to other battalions. The crimes of another notorious voluntary battalion, ADAR, were investigated, documented, and exposed by the Amnesty International nonprofit. Nonetheless, its horrific deeds would remain unpunished. One of the many crimes was uncovered by the DPR militia near the Kumar Kuminar mine, where they unearthed the bodies of four women and several men, all of them civilians. They had been tied up, tortured, ...and either executed by gunshot to the head or beheaded. One of the women was believed to have been raped by the battalion's fighters. Illegal persecution, incarceration, and killings of opposition members and journalists. The nationalists and neo-Nazis sitting in the government in Kiev also have a rich history of violating human rights and committing crimes... Many of them meticulously gathered in an 80-page long white book assembled by the Russian Foreign Ministry. By mid-June 2014, less than five months after seizing power, the new Ukrainian authorities started infringing on people's rights to express their opinions and on press freedom, conducting searches and detentions of protesters, journalists, and blocking for uh, sorry protesters, journalists, and blocking foreign media members from entering the city or the country. The new Kiev authorities also did not shy away from threatening and kidnapping political opponents, politicians, and even lawmakers who opposed the war against the DPR and LPR, and those who objected to the coup. Some of the opposition politicians and independent journalists were also killed, allegedly by the same nationalists and neo-Nazis, with many cases remaining unsolved to this day. The murder of Oles Bozyny, a Ukrainian journalist known for his pro-Russian views, is among the most prominent cases. Bozyny was shot dead outside his home by unidentified individuals in Kiev just a day after the killing of ex-MP Oleg Kalashnikov in his home. The cases were never solved, but they are believed to have been related to the victim's involvement with the anti-Maidan movement discrimination against anything Russia related. In addition to allowing war crimes to go unpunished and hunting down their political opponents, the Ukrainian leadership often appeased and encouraged countrywide discrimination against anything related to Russia or the Russian language. This policy revealed itself in various forms, from relatively harmless calls to refrain from buying Russian goods to the firing of Russian academics teaching Russian literature, detention of Russian-speaking travelers without legal grounds, official bans on certain Russian products, drawing of swastikas on memorials to the Second World War, and victims of the Holocaust, and allowing neo-Nazi marches featuring calls to kill Russians living in Ukraine. And there's those tiki torches. All right. The tiki torches, guys. The the, uh, Nazi tiki torches. The new authorities also banned large categories of Russians, many of whom have relatives in Ukraine, from entering the country, thereby infringing on their freedom of movement and separating families The list goes on with many more crimes that were committed by Kiev's nationalist leaders over the past eight years, but are not reflected in the White Book. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There is some unread history about what has been going on in Ukraine, because guess what? The West decides not to show it. Ladies and gentlemen... Uh, Z-M-B-F, uh, you'll need to review the past few episodes. I don't got time to explain why Ukraine... It's not Ukraine that's allowing neo-Nazis into their government, okay? It's the globalist and elitist, the Western-backed forces that are bringing them in. In case you hadn't noticed... You don't have Ukrainian military fighting the Russians. You don't have Ukrainian military defending the Donbass and the Luhansk region against pro-Russia separatists. You have mercenaries and neo-Nazis fighting that war. Think about it a little bit, my friend, and you might be able to figure it out. Okay, this article comes from the Gateway Pundit. Putin said Russia was targeting Nazis in Ukraine. The Azov Battalion is a Nazi group in Ukraine. Ah, go figure. Okay. Let's see what this one has to say, ladies and gentlemen. Regardless of his motives, when Putin said he was going to focus on Nazis in Ukraine, he likely knew of the Azov Battalion. Not many Americans have heard of the Azov Battalion. We've reported on them here extensively at the Sea Report. Apparently, NBC was unaware of this group on February 14th when it aired preparations being made for a Russian attack into Ukraine using the Azov battalion as its example. This was captured immediately by those in the know. And this is a reference to a Socialist Worldwide magazine article. It says, In a news broadcast Monday evening, NBC's chief foreign policy correspondent, Richard Engel, told viewers of how some communities in Ukraine are preparing for a war with Russia by taking matters into their own hands. The report showed Ukrainian soldiers delivering basic training for the whole family, first aid and weapons training to a small group of Morupol residents, including children and the elderly. One of them, 79-year-old Valentina Konstantinovska, wielding an AK-47, was made the face of the Ukrainian resistance by the world's newspapers. Engel left out of his uh, account the fact that the military formation providing Konstantinovska's training was the neo-Nazi Azov Battalion, clearly identifiable by its wolfsangel insignia used by the hitler's ss in the second world war uh, it says here they have a, they have a uh, a video from nbc of the azov battalion shared in the tweet ooh maybe we should play that let's see here let's see here well let's see what they got oh i see here so here's some tweets Below is NBC's video of the Azov Battalion shared in a tweet. NBC correspondent Richard Engel spent his day in Marupol, Ukraine, glorifying glorifying the exploits of the hardcore Nazi Azov Brigade. The section of the segment hyping the Ukrainian Nazis begins at 1 minute 40 seconds. Let's just take a look and see what it's got to say, ladies and gentlemen. Why doesn't every home Hey, you just give me one minute here and we'll get this fixed up for you guys. (laughs) Post-commercial. And, uh, we'll, you know, guys, I mean, we got to keep on pushing it because after all, these people have no idea what they're talking about. And all it takes is a little bit of research and a little bit of patience. Okay. Let me get you guys set up with some good sound here. I wasn't planning on playing video today, so, uh, Well, this will be a treat for my vocal cords and for thine eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, and let me make sure our sound is all good. We're good, we're good. Okay, here we go, guys.
1: Good, Good morning. Good morning, Savannah. About a dozen countries now have urged their citizens to leave this country. Vladimir Putin is keeping the world guessing. Uh, This weekend, President Biden spoke with the Russian president, and then President Biden briefed the Ukrainian president and told him that should Russia invade, the United States would respond swiftly and decisively in concert with U.S. allies. But so far, diplomacy is not producing any breakthroughs. Armed and capable of redrawing the map of Europe, Russia continues to build up troops and weapons along Ukraine's borders. Surrounding the country Russia considers a part of its homeland. U.S. officials say Russia has well over 100,000 troops near Ukraine's borders and that they could invade in the coming days, including during the Winter Olympics. Russia denies it will invade Ukraine and calls vocal concerns from Washington and NATO allies war-mongering hysteria ukraine's (laughs) president Zelensky again said this weekend he doesn't expect a russian attack ukraine has called for an urgent meeting with russia within 48 hours asking moscow to explain what all those troops are doing on its borders all
0: right guys here come the
1: nazis but some communities are taking matters into their own hands Just across from Russia, in the city of Mariupol, some Ukrainians are preparing. Basic training for the whole family. Learning first aid to treat gunshot and shrapnel.
0: That is your Nazis training Ukrainians in Ukraine, okay? All right, now that we've got that established, let's continue. wounds
1: And weapons training. On a 7.62 caliber AK-47 is Valentina Konstantinovskaya. The 79-year-old is a retired accountant and a great-grandmother. You're about my mother's age, and I can't picture my mother laying down on the concrete, learning how to fire an assault rifle. Do you think you would actually be doing this? Yes, if Putin comes, I should be able to shoot. The threat is very serious, she says, and I think every person in our country should be able to shoot from the window or on the street if the enemy comes. Down the firing line, no ammunition, just learning to point, shoot, and work the same. Polina Karova is a university senior studying foreign languages. How are you both feeling right now?
0: Um, As for me, I'm scared a little. That's why I'm here. But still, I hope that uh, nothing will happen.
1: Today, it is Germany, Germany's attempt at diplomacy with the German chancellor meeting with the Ukrainian president uh, in Kiev today and then flying to Moscow to meet with Vladimir Putin tomorrow.
0: Okay, and we will leave that there. All right. Good job. Uh, Who's this? ABC, NBC, whatever you are. Today, I don't know. Lame stream, shame stream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media. Good job. Thank you for letting us know the truth, even though you guys did not know what you were doing. Okay. Well, you know, can't really hold it against them. Well, yeah, I know. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's so great to debunk this stuff live and on the air, guys. I don't tell you how good it makes me feel. All right, getting back into this article. Look, here they are again, guys. There's your neo-Nazis. All right. Uh, there they are. Live and in the flesh, guys. Can't can't hide it, can't deny it, no matter how much one might want to. Okay, uh, did we finish this, actually? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right here, right here. So we've reported on the Azov Battalion previously, members of this group were recognized at the US Embassy in Ukraine in 2014. The group, as we noted, is violent, especially against groups like transvestites, gypsies and immigrants. When Putin claimed that he was going to get rid of the Nazis in the Ukraine in his announcement that he was invading Ukraine. Let's get it straight, Gateway Pundit, when he made an announcement that he was doing a military operation in Ukraine, not... You see? Come on, guys. Let's pay attention to the details here. It matters. Gateway Pundit, Putin made an announcement that he was doing a military operation in Ukraine. He never said he was invading. Let's not be lazy. Okay, anyways... The C-Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the C-Report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to four ninety nine per month to nine ninety nine per month, every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the C-Report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm Slash the sea report. And thanks, y'all. When Putin claimed that he was going to get rid of the Nazis in the Ukraine in his announcement that he was doing a military operation in Ukraine, NBC shared this. In announcing that he had launched Russian forces against key Ukrainian military and logistics posts, Putin said he's striving for the demilitarization and denazification of the sovereign democracy in Kiev. Putin, and I I don't even think he, he didn't even say this. Anyways, okay, Putin, we read, we read his speech here, guys. Putin has long sought to falsely paint Ukraine as a Nazi hotbed, which is particularly jarring accusation given that Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is Jewish. He never said Zelensky was a Nazi. He never said that, ladies and gentlemen. I think my audience is very well aware of that. Anyways, President Voldemar Zelensky is Jewish and lost three family members in the Holocaust. Claiming to fight the Nazis is really code for replacing the Ukrainian government, which is especially ironic given that the Ukrainian president is Jewish, said uh, Andriy Dobrinsky of Ukraine uh, Congress Committee of America, an ethnic advocacy group based in New York City. Uh, Michael Mcfall, a former U.S. ambassador to Russia, fought to contain his anger over the Nazi narrative pushed by Putin. He's talking about new Nazification. There are no Nazis in Ukraine, McFall said Thursday on MSNBC's Morning Joke. McFall is not the most independent source that NBC could bring in to address this issue. He was involved in the Russia collusion lie. Okay, guys. So clearly here, Uh, this whole thing, Nazis code for replacing Ukrainian government, ironic about a Jewish president. That is, that is for the low information media hound. Okay. That is for the people who just tune into their nightly news and they don't dig for themselves they don't know the history. They don't know the past. They've never cared to look it up. Okay. That's exactly what this is for. Lies of a mission and lies, 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 just like Liza Minnelli lies, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're dealing with here. Okay, so let's see what President Zelensky has to say. <laughs> President Zelensky, hold it together, man. You're doing a great job so far, guys. You are doing a great job so far. Let's see. Ukraine has the independent non-government funded Azov Italian... <laughs> OK, Ambf, And Putin has the government funded. Oh, we're going to talk about the Wagner group in a minute, ZMBF. Thank you for being uh, an initiated audience over there in uh, Twitch. But uh, no, sir, that's not the case. The government of Kiev or someone in the government is funding these Nazis, and they were currently over in the Donbass region, in Luhansk and in Donetsk, fighting their war for them. Why is that happening? Okay, anyways, I don't have time. I've got a lot of news to cover here, Z, but I appreciate you uh, uh, chiming in there. Okay, so let's talk about the Wagner Group, ladies and gentlemen, since it was so aptly brought up in the Twitch chat. The Kremlin ordered 400 Russian mercenaries in Kiev to hunt and kill. Ukraine's president report says I think this one's also coming from the business insider. Let's see here. Let's see here. Okay, doesn't want to tell me where it comes from. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure it's from the Business Insider. Okay. All right. This says here. Yeah, it's a Business Insider. Uh, the Kremlin ordered hundreds of Russian mercenaries and the Ukrainian capital of Kiev to assassinate President Baltimore Zelensky, the Times of London reported. Between 2,000 and 4,000 mercenaries with the Wagner Group, a private army be- believed, not proven, believed to be owned by the Putin ally Yevgeny Priosukin entered Ukraine through Belarus in January, the Times reported. Some 400 of them, and that's even your that's even your lamestream legacy media saying it's believed. They don't even have that down as a fact. But some people out there are going to believe that as if though it were true, right? Some 400 of them were deployed to Kiev while others were sent to the pro-Kremlin region of Donetsk and Luhansk, the newspapers reported. See, see? See, Zelensky's name tops the Wagner group kill list of 23 senior Ukrainian figures that include Prime Minister Denis Shemal and Kiev Mayor Vitaly Klitschko. The Times reported, The Kremlin offered that the Times described as hefty bonuses to wipe out Zelensky's government. The exact amount of the bounty is unclear. The Ukrainian intelligence learned of the order on Saturday morning and Kiev subsequently declared a 36-hour hard curfew so that the city could be swept for Russian agents, the report said. Zelensky said last Friday that he was the number one target for Russian assassins in Ukraine and that enemy sabotage groups had entered the capital. Russia invaded Ukraine on Thursday and began shelling major cities, but Moscow forces have since faced spirited resistance from Ukrainians on the ground. The US, UK, and EU announced harsh economic and logistical sanctions against Russian individuals and entities in the wake of the invasion. In response, Putin ordered a Russia's nuclear deterrent to be, a, to be to high alert on Sunday, a move that the UK said was simply an attempt at distraction, as if though this entire debacle were not a distraction from the failing Western-backed globalist regime that is currently installed here in the United States of America. Ukraine said Sunday that it had agreed to hold talks with Russia at the Belarus border on Monday. The talks were going at time of publication. However, according to the Times, the Wagner Group mercenaries have been told that Putin does not intend to negotiate with Ukraine at all. Of course, the Wagner Group mercenaries have been told that Putin was not. You know, because I bet you money that the Wagner Group is probably a mercenary for hire group that's backed by the West, right? I bet you 100%. I bet you five bucks, okay? I bet you five bucks this Wagner Group is not... I mean, I bet they're Russian. Don't get me wrong. I bet you they are Russian, but I bet you money that they are backed by the Western alliances. I bet you money. The meeting is just smoke and mirrors, a source close to the group told The Times. Zelensky also said in a Sunday video message, I will say, To be frank, as always, I do not really believe in the result of this meeting, but let them try, so that no citizen of Ukraine would have any doubt that I, as president, did not try to stop the war when there was even a small chance. That is from Zelensky himself, ladies and gentlemen. Now, If you want to, let's look a little bit at the, you know, and I, you know, what I really wish I had been able, I didn't have time for it, but was to actually pull some clips of Zelensky talking, you know, because, but unlike Putin, who, when he gives a speech, I can get the full text of his speech. I can't seem to do that with Zelensky. Like no one wants to give the full text or the full translations of what Zelensky is saying. Now, don't get me wrong. Zelensky is walking a very tight rope right now. Because he has to play two sides of a game right here. He has to play friends with the West and friends with Russia. And I believe that is exactly the circumstance. So as an actor, he's really getting his skills put to the test. Okay, because he has to feign feign, um, supplication and he has to feign uh, um, endearment to the Western allies. So this way, they don't catch on to the fact that he's probably working with Zelensky. I mean, he's probably working with Putin and the White Hats to bring down the globalists in his country, okay? But at the same time, now he has these threats, okay? Now he has these threats from this uh, this Wagner group. Let me see. I'm going to dig a little bit more on the Wagner group, guys. I'm going to dig a little bit more on these cats because I really want to know who's funding them. Now, it says here, the Wagner group, also known as PMC Wagner or Chevek Wagner, uh being the Russian military abbrevi Russian abbreviation for private military company. So they're mercenaries for hire guys. They're a mercenary. They're not an official part of the Putin government, okay? They're mercenaries, which means they will work for whomever pays for them, okay? Not to go defend the right of Mother Russia. Okay, so there's something we should understand about this group, okay? All right, they're just like the Nazis who are being paid in Ukraine, okay? Now, why would they want to take out Zelensky? Because Zelensky did not fly away on the Biden Lolita Jet Express, okay? Because Zelensky decided to stay in Ukraine instead of allowing an opening for Poroshenko to come in and to don the throne of Ukraine again. They wanted Zelensky to run away just like the president of Afghanistan did, guys. That's what they wanted. It didn't happen. They already had all of the papers ready to get Poroshenko back into office because Zelensky ran away. The scared little comedian actor who can play the piano with his... You, a true pianist, <laughs> Zelensky, who is a true pianist, okay, did not run away. That's what they wanted. So since Zelensky did not run away, so they could put Poroshenko back into power. And you know, if if they had gotten Poroshenko back into power, let it be known, let the record show, this war would have escalated into overdrive ladies and gentlemen they would have they would probably pulled out all the stops if they had because then they could have blamed it on Poroshenko. they could have been like well it wasn't nato it wasn't the west it wasn't the deep state it wasn't the globalist it was Poroshenko, the defender of ukraine one of the most corrupt presidents to ever exist in ukraine's history oh yeah but guess what the talented pianist Zelensky did not run away. And since he didn't run away, someone hired the Wagner Group, a mercenary paramilitary organization who happens to be Russian to take out Zelensky. They're a private military company. They do not subscribe to any national boundaries or contracts, okay? Because they're mercenaries. That means they are hired. They are paid mercenaries, okay? So you can't just sit there and say, oh, Russia, Putin sent the Wagner group after Zelensky because they're part of the Russian government. Bull! I mean, come on. It's right here in front of your face. Okay, so it says here... They are a Russian... Let me let me go ahead and expand this for you guys so you can read it better. So you can see I'm not making it up. They are a Russian paramilitary organization. Some have described it as a private military company or private military contracting agency whose contractors have reportedly taken part in various conflicts, including operations in the Syrian civil war on the side of the Syrian government, as well as from 2014 until 2015 in the war in Donbass in Ukraine aiding the separatist forces of the self-declared Donetsk and Luhansk People's Republics. Others, including reports in the New York Times, are of the opinion that the Chevek of Wagner is an arm's-length unit of the Russian Ministry of Defense and or the GRU in disguise, which is used by the Russian government in conflicts where deniability is Called for as, it forces, as its forces are trained on the MOD installations, it is believed to be owned by Yevgeny Prizovskin, a businessman with close links to Russian President Vladimir Putin. Again, without the receipts, this is all speculation, and there is no way to know who they are working for. So, are they Russian? Yes. Are they going after uh, after Zelensky? Yes, quite probably. But other than that, we don't have a clear, uh, factual basis in reality for why they are doing it, ladies and gentlemen. We can speculate all night long, but we're not gonna. (laughs) Now, let's talk about a real Nazi, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk about a real Nazi. How does this guy keep on coming up everywhere? Okay, okay everywhere oh my goodness who's the chef what are you talking about I don't know what you're talking about, uh, Timberjet. I, I would have to go back and read the chat, and I don't got time. Uh, but thanks for joining us, guys, if you're live with us right now here at the C-Report. We are live on multiple channels. Thank you so much, Sean Joe, for gifting the cookie. Mr. C, Victor Avila, was on Bannon's FIP. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, he's he's got my vote, Sean Joe. And W.C. Cranop, I saw you throw in some gold pills there as well. Thank you so much for the donation, sir. I appreciate you. Both of you all support. It is always, always, always most definitely appreciated. Now, as I was saying, we're going to talk about a real Nazi now because now Soros is weighing in his opinion and he expects the Americans to just uh, uh, listen to him, okay? Okay. Which is, it's funny, guys, because even people who are not initiated into this, even people who do not necessarily subscribe to stringent political party lines or anything like that, they know who George Soros is. George Soros is another victim of the 100th monkey syndrome, just like the Federal Reserve Central Bank. (laughs) It's like once enough people knew about Soros, people knew about Soros, right? Okay, so... (laughs) Swamp creatures away, EWC crane-up. All right, let's see here. Oh, I see. Joe says the leader of the Wagner group was Putin's chef. Well, you know, like I said, I'll have to look it up here, guys. So uh, you give me an episode or two, and I will go and do that. And I will go eat the chef's flambe, okay? (laughs) This article comes from Breitbart News. George Soros, United States must do whatever possible to back Ukraine against Russia, because I put far too much money into the Pentagon-backed biolabs, all 11 of them there in Russia, I, in Ukraine. I put far too much money into the Nazi mercenaries there in Ukraine. I put far too much money into the conflict, uh, funding both sides of the Donbass region, ladies. I put far too much money into spin and media propaganda in Ukraine and Russia, lady. You You must do whatever it takes to defeat russia says the nazi okay so first of all first of all if the nazi is telling us to help ukraine don't you think that probably means he has some vested interests in the country (laughs) would you do anything that this guy tells you to do i know my audience wouldn't okay my audience would not I mean, if if uh, Soros said to jump left, they would jump right. If Soros if Soros said to hold your breath, they would they would exhale all over the mother. Like they no 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 whatever you you just do counter whatever Soros does. No one in their right mind would, and this is not helping Ukraine's case either, guy. <laughs> this is not helping Ukraine. Soros you would be much smarter not to say anything if you really want to help Ukraine, okay? <laughs> so look at this amphibian. Anyways, okay, let's read the article. It says here, Billionaire Democrat Megadonor George Soros says the United States and other transatlantic nations must do whatever it is in their power to back Ukraine against Russia in the ongoing conflict overseas. They're losing their money pot. They're losing their money laundering system. They're losing whatever else they got going on in there. They're losing their next, uh, their next uh, uh, planned pandemic. They're losing everything, ladies and gentlemen, when they lose this country. After Russia first invaded Ukraine on February 24th, Soros says the United States and its allies ought to have as much involvement in the conflict as possible, even as Americans overwhelmingly oppose United States involvement. I have witnessed Ukraine transform from a collapsing part of the Soviet Union to a liberal democracy and an open society, Soros wrote in a series of statements online. It is important that the Transatlantic Alliance, the United States, Canada, and the European Union and the United Kingdom, but also other nations, do whatever it is in their power to support Ukraine in its time of existential threat. He continued. And there are the tweets from Georgia This guy... Why don't I have George Soros on my Twitter account? I could be haranguing this man every single day that I breathe. <laughs> oh my God. Georgie boy, sit down and pull up your panties, okay? All right. <laughs> Allowing Putin to succeed on his quest will send a message across the world that nations can simply be created or dissolved by brute force. They have to do it the way I do, through colored revolutions and CRT. That is the only way that you can knock down a nation. You cannot use brute force. You have to do it the George Soros' panny rainbow way, ladies and gentlemen. Stand with George Soros as they stand with us. Okay, <laughs> Oh, my God, Georgie boy, please, sir, (laughs) get some eye cream under those sacks. Okay, Soros is urging more U.S. involvement in Ukraine comes as President Joe Biden has announced that he will send another round of American troops to Germany. The total number of American troops deployed to aid the Ukraine-Russia conflict now stands – let's call it what it is, the NATO-Russia conflict – now stands at about 12,000. Biden is also asking the United States Customs and Border Protection officers, oh, okay, Biden, you already left our borders open wide enough and now you want Customs and Border Protection to volunteer to leave their posts where they're already overrun and to deploy to Poland. What kind of sense does this make? Biden, why are you so concerned about Ukraine's borders and you don't give a smack about the borders here in your own country? Now, not that he claims America, but he sure does like to use America. America sure is Biden's pincushion. I mean, I'm sure back in the day when he was more virulent, he used America as a pincushion. Now he just uses it as a diaper likewise biden is sending 350 million dollars in american taxpayer money to aid ukraine an associated press and poll released last week revealed that 72 percent of american adults do not want the u.s to play a major role in the conflict instead they prefer the u.s play a minor role or no role at all a number of pro-mass immigration groups including those with financial ties to soros have already begun urging Biden to open the nation's borders to tens of thousands of unvetted Ukrainian refugees. The groups also want Biden to provide Ukrainians in the United States with temporary protected status to ensure that they cannot be arrested or deported. Now, first of all, if Ukrainians are the good guys here, why do they need to have temporary protected status? If Ukrainians are the good guys here, why would they be arrested or deported? I mean, they are talking about U.S. Ukrainians, right? Not like illegal Ukrainians, because if it's illegal Ukrainians, well, there's another there's another uh, system of doing things that way. But, anyways, I I, I digress. Um, it says here uh, or deported by the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency and are eligible for work permits. All right, Georgie boy. <laughs> Did you guys notice that Hillary Clinton's eye bags are getting just as deep and heavy as George Soros's eye bags? Sorry, guys. I know that's not a really pretty face to look at. I apologize. Okay. Oh boy, it's just another night here at the Sea Report, guys. Do you see what happens when I go on after nine o'clock? <laughs> right. Ukraine is gonna blow. We're gonna get blown up, guys. It's nuclear war. Oh, this is this is uh, this is the this is the lamestream. Shamestream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media just crying wolf because they're about to take a deep dive into failure ladies and gentlemen, over this entire thing and on multiple levels, not just on a geopolitical or a world stage, but also in the realms of their hollowed propaganda idiot box, okay? Because everyone's awake and watching and everyone, we got lefties who are out there watching the live cams and they're like, there's nothing going on over there, (laughs) even know what to think. But of course, they don't even know what the hell they're talking about because they don't follow all of these stories as closely as we do here. So what's the deal, guys? Is uh Putin going to bomb <laughs> the world because uh George Soros calls for support in Ukraine? <laughs> it's got to be it. You know, you know, they bust out the big guns, George Soros. I guess uh Putin busts out the big guns, you know, nuclear arms. All right. Or maybe... Maybe they're just trying to say, maybe they're they're doing preemptive programming here. Maybe they're trying to say Putin is going to set off a nuke because it's really the globalists who are trying to set off a nuke. And as long as they plant those little seeds of nuclear holocaust into your head and they use the, the expense of Putin, then if they get off a nuke... They can just blame it on Putin and say, this is terrible. And you know, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, all of the fake legacy media networks are all going to be crying. Look at the horror, the horror of what Putin has done to the world. He has reduced us down to the Stone Age. I don't think that's going to happen. But uh, I think that is the narrative they are trying to get ahead of right? This is what you call a wrap-up smear campaign. Uh, Live and in effect, ladies and gentlemen, as we continue to debunk the uh, lamestream medias. (laughs) Look over there! bubbles. Oh, it's brilliant bubbles. (laughs) Okay. All right. What is really going on in Ukraine? Now, this is an alternative scenario. Now, this is not my scenario, but it is an alternative scenario. Let's see if the scenario lines up with what I keep saying is happening over there. This comes from the Gateway Pundit. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, The Western media is filled with stories of the brave Ukrainian people rising up to fight the evil Russians, and the Russians are paying a terrible toll, or so we are told. But if you step back and look at what is actually transpiring, you will note the following. Unlike the U.S. shock and awe unleashed on Baghdad in 2003, which caused significant civilian casualties and destroyed infrastructure and damaged power grids and destroyed bridges, the Russian military is avoiding hitting population centers. The power is still on in Kiev and Kharkiv last checked. Now, this is the case. You know, we've been viewing live cams. We did it on night one. When the Russians were supposed to sweep in during a midnight attack. Uh, Everywhere we looked, guys, uh, from all the way from the west in Lviv to down in the south by Odessa to up in the north by Kharkiv to over in the east by the Donbass and the uh, Donetsk, I wanted to say that it's Donetsk Oblast region, and then right into north center Kiev. Nothing. We got people riding their bikes. We got cars driving around. We got beautiful beaches. We have no buildings being bombed. We have no plumes of smoke in the sky. We have no defense army tanks on the ground. We don't have any kind of military there to uh, defend the people of Ukraine. Okay, none of that. None of that. Riddle me this, America. If this was truly an invasion and not a military operation, why would the narrative so mismatch what the lamestream, stream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda, pedophile media is telling the world? We're going to let the enemy continue to destroy itself, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get back to this article you are not seeing raging battles in the streets of Kiev or Kharkov between Ukrainian and Russian military forces. Nope, we sure aren't. Some believe this indicates Putin's troops are bogged down and making little progress, but I think there is an alternative explanation. First, Russia has not deployed its most sophisticated weaponry. It remains in place in Russia, on the Ukrainian border but showing no signs as if this writing of being activated. Second, little attention is being paid to eastern Ukraine where the bulk of the Ukrainian army is deployed. Jacob Drezin offers or Drezin offers some important insights on this. You won't hear this on CNN, but Putin's army of darkness and uh you better believe they got Bruce Campbell leading that one, guys. <laughs> Putin's army of darkness, his ghosts of Kiev, in the most complex and ambitious ground maneuver operation since World War II following the Soviet deep war playbook, is also working on cutting off the Ukrainian army group in the Donbass from Kiev. This is by far the most capable or only capable large portion of the Ukrainian army. Yesterday, its main reserves of diesel fuel were destroyed from the air. It will soon be cut off and immobile. Once that happens, the entire Donbass Front collapses. They will no longer have a front, and billions of dollars in U.S.-funded or U.S.-supplied weaponry will be captured almost without a battle. To be clear, it's almost all U.S.-funded or supplied. Even most of the Soviet vintage stuff was bought and shipped in from Poland, uh, Sechia, Chea, excuse me, and by the CIA. Oh sorry, uh, Chechia is by the CIA. I mean, the CIA they brought it in by way of the CIA from those locations, okay, is what I'm trying to say here. Off the books, but well documented in videos of tanks of tank trains crossing the border into Ukraine in 2015 and 2016. The Russians have finally entered Kharkov, Ukraine's second largest city, very close to the Russian border. Previously, they had bypassed it the same way that America bypassed every town in southern Iraq to reach Baghdad in 2003. On Saturday night, they finally wasted all significant organized resistance with a rain of thermobaric death in the outskirts. Today, they started to go in and mop up. Of course, it's not a job for one day. The Ukrainian army is falling back, mostly in organized fashion throughout the Donbass. They have largely evacuated Moropol, a very pro-Russian major steelmaking and steel-shipping center responsible for billions of dollars in exports, on the Sea of Azov. The sole garrison in Moropol is now said to be the Azov Regiment, a group of bona fide, tattooed Nazis. You know, your typical Ukrainian democracy guys. The ones that the uh, lamestream, shame stream, fake news, legacy, propaganda, mockingbird, pedophile media does not tell you about. And our State Department prefers to ignore them. Uh, deep State Department. The kind of guys you must use to garrison a pro-Russian city that hates you. The real army... The real army looks to be falling back to uh, Donetsk, about 60 miles west of Donetsk. If the Russians don't cut them off, that's now the big if. Either way, they'll get hit badly from the air. Now, Putin did say in his statement regarding this military operation that uh, the Ukrainian government, I mean, sorry, the Ukrainian army would have their chance and that they would not be killed okay, if they laid their arms down and did not fight them. So, I would say that gives them a 50-50 chance, which is better of a chance than what the lamestream, stream is telling us about their odds, okay? Now, they are leaving behind lots of brand spanking new British and American weaponry. I wish I had time to make a photo collage for you. It turns out the stuff doesn't work well, huh? <laughs> Among other things, you have to charge the battery on those javelins or whatever. No charge, no fire. No one told them that. I guess they had so many dumped on them, it was not realistic to plug them all into the wall and sit there and wait. I can relate. I don't even like waiting to charge one brand new smartphone. Mm. Yeah, Very, very, very funny guy. Very funny. So it says here, the Ukrainian Air Force, what is left of it, is now flying on Helen Keller terms. They're like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Sorry, guys. It seems that Ukraine combat aircraft rely on ground-controlled radar to conduct air-to-air intercepts. Guess what the Russians obliterated in the first hours of their invasion on Wednesday. If you said ground-controlled radar, you're a winner. Without that radar, the Russians have air superiority. They have castrated the Ukrainians' ability to provide close air support and disrupt Russian air cover. They are flying blind if they are flying and confined an operational airfield. Then there are the lines of communication for the Ukrainian army. Critical military fuel dumps are on fire and the ability of the Ukrainian army to keep their tanks and trucks running is slipping away. This perhaps explains the volt face of Zelensky in being willing to sit down with the Russians and try to negotiate an end to the evisceration of Ukrainian Ukraine's military capability. Okay, so, I mean, we're really just going to have to see how this happens, guys. But, as noted, I mean, the press is out there if you're looking for it, y'all. Like... The live cams in some areas are still operational, guys, and uh, I don't know about you guys, but Putin looks pretty perturbed in this photo, okay? All right, guys, we're close to the end here. Thank you so much for joining us on The Sea Report. I hope you guys are enjoying tonight's episode. I mean, as much as we can uh, enjoy that, I try and, you know, make it a a little bit lighter. uh, But uh, this is my own unique, uh, new unique way. Well, you know, it's my own way of approaching these types of informations. uh, But uh, with as much digging as I can do now, don't get me wrong, guys, I will go into this Wagner group, you just give me a chance. I'm just, you know, I'm getting tired of spending time in Ukraine and Russia. You know, we got more important things to talk about here in our country. You know, we still need to continue on this trek of election integrity and exposing the election fraud as that is coming out more and more and more. Those stories just seem to be getting washed away. What about the John Durham investigation? We still need to talk about that. I mean, this seems to be a pretty good distraction from, you know, uh, people spying on a duly elected president into the White House uh, executive office itself. You know, charges that should be what? At least, uh, you know, held accountable for, I mean, we know it's, it's, uh, it's, it's comparable to treason, you know, but, uh, well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, what are you going to do about it? We got, uh, we got this uh, globalist, uh, uh, you know, skirmish happening over there uh, just to keep them going. But uh, anyways, guys, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we are still live here for a few more minutes. Thank you all over there at uh, Pilled and over at the Foxhole app. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Thank you guys again. If you made any gold pill donations, uh, any donations you make over here are always appreciated. Thank you so much for that and for your support, ladies and gentlemen. And then, of course, you know, if you're over at Rumble, send us a Rumble rant. If you're over at uh, Twitch, throw us a bit. You know, uh, you know, uh, you're, <laughs> it goes a long way for showing your support is a, a very much deeply appreciated, y'all. And uh, we also have a Cash App and we also have a a PayPal. Hop on over to thecereport.com to see how you can do that. Get a hold of our podcast at anchor.fm slash thecereport and help sustain future episodes of this broadcast and other shows that I bring to you on a daily basis, okay? All right, guys, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Let's see, Putin looks totally constipated here, guys. (laughs) Putin looks like he needs some Tums, (laughs) y'all. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. Let's see what we got here. Press review. Why Putin put nuke forces on high alert and liberation from Donbass continues. Now, this is from Tass, a Russian news agency, because we are here to give you guys a counter perspective not because we're Russian bots. Okay, all right. So let's get into this article. Let's see what it's got to say. You know, just uh, just take this in, digest it, and put it up with what you know and what you've been told. Okay, all right. Because we don't listen to the lame stream, shame stream media in these pots, ladies and gentlemen. We will find you the counter-narrative. All all right. Don't start with that's not Putin. You know, I am not about to get into this. Is this a real Putin or not? (laughs) Don S, how you doing, sweetie? It's been a while since I've seen you in our chats. It's good to see you, sweetie. All right. It says here. Russian President Vladimir Putin has ordered to put the strategic nuclear forces on special alert, justifying this decision by the West's unfriendly economic actions, as well as the aggressive rhetoric against Moscow. The *Commerçant* newspaper said... According to experts, this is the first time when Russia's nuclear forces were transferred to such a mode since the end of the Cold War. The U.S. leadership declared that NATO did not pose a threat to Russia. Most likely, we are talking about bringing the control system of nuclear forces into a state that makes deterrence forces far more stable in the event of an attack director of the Russian nuclear forces project senior researcher at the UN Institute for disarmament research Pavel podvig told commerçant overall once a containment force has been brought to this point it becomes less vulnerable to a first strike but it decap it but it it's but it decapitates, but it decapitation or disarmament. I, I read that weird. Okay. Overall, once a containment force has been brought to this point, it becomes less vulnerable to a first strike, but it's decapitation or disarmament. Okay. I didn't read it weird. I just read it word for word. Okay. However, this does not mean that Russia is going to attack first. Furthermore, senior research fellow at the Academy of Strategic Missile Forces, Vasily Latta, told Kommersant that the president's order sought not to escalate the conflict with the West, but, on the contrary, to prevent its aggravation. Lata believes that through this decision, Putin warned the U.S. and NATO once again that meddling in the military conflict in favor of Ukraine was inadmissible. Therefore, Putin is sending them another message. We are carrying out a special operation. Do not meddle in this because we are ready to take decisive measures, the expert said. At present, it is a necessary and reasonable decision. This will cool any hotheads on the other side. Because guess what? If uh, Zelensky had left Ukraine, Poroshenko would have come in and taken the throne and then NATO would have used nuclear force against Moscow. I guarantee it, guys. That was the game plan that they were going to use and now they can't. Until they have another reason or another window into that. So this, all of this nuclear scare was just that, guys. It was a tall tale, a crying... A cry, it was just them crying, okay? They're just crying! They're crying! There's no crying in politics! They were crying, guys. They were crying, okay? Now, uh, why do we have a photo of the Pentagon shield here on... <laughs> Because guys, just like Biden is still purchasing oil from Ukraine, go figure, okay? Just like Biden is still purchasing oil from Ukraine. The Pentagon is still trying to set up back channels into Russia. They're like, we still want to we still want to communicate and be friendly with the Russians, the Pentagon does. It makes no sense. It makes no sense, guys. Okay. <laughs> Here's the article from Sputnik. You ain't gonna hear this from America, guys. You gotta go to uh, you gotta go to other international uh, resources. Pentagon wants to set up military back channels with Russia amid Ukraine crisis report. Okay, go figure. uh, uh, Pentagon. They're like they're like okay, okay, Russian friends in Moscow back channel. Oh wait, why am I giving them an accent? They're like, just stop bombing our uh, Pentagon-backed biolabs over there in Ukraine. Uh, You took out at least eight of 11 of them. At least leave us three. We've got another pre-planned pandemic to dish out on the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Tensions. Oh, wait. Let me expand this for you guys so you can enjoy a little bit moss. Tensions between Russia and NATO reached a new post-Cold War high point last week after Moscow kicked off a military operation to demilitarize Ukraine, a client state of the Western Bloc. Russia launched the operation after a request for support from the Donbass Republics, which have faced weeks of escalating Ukrainian military aggression. The Pentagon is reportedly seeking to establish back channels of communications with Moscow amid the crisis in Ukraine. Uh, An unnamed senior Pentagon official who is familiar with the situation told Politico, Now that Ukrainian airspace is in dispute and being contested, and Ukrainian airspace runs right up alongside NATO airspace, we have conveyed to the Russians that we believe a conduit at the operational level is needed so we can avoid miscalculations. And we have not received any response from them in terms of whether they agree, whether they are willing to set something up, the official said. The Russian and U.S. militaries already have experienced in-country-to-country deconfliction contacts, with an emergency hotline established in 2015 to avoid incidents between the two countries over Syrian airspace. New military-to-military contacts over Ukraine would be to allow Russia and the U.S. to tell one another, we're about to do this, stay the heck out of the way, the official said, Oh, my God. That seems to be like the way that deep state ninnies would play this game, if you ask me. Uh, The communications links are seen as vital amid Western commitments to continue pumping hundreds of millions of dollars in additional military aid and possibly foreign fighters or mercenaries into Ukraine. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. The communications links are seen as vital amid Western commitments to continue pumping hundreds of millions of dollars in additional military aid and possibly foreign fighters or mercenaries. So they need they need they need back channels into Russia to do this. Mm hmm. Yep. All right. Go for it. Go for it, Deep State. Go for it, NATO. Go for it, Pentagon. Go for it, globalists. Gah! Man, do you see how their operations are being bust wide open, guys? The lines of contact could be established between Russian Chief of Staff Valery Gerasimov and U.S. Joint Chiefs of Staff Victoria Mark Milley and at lower levels on down the line. With any sort of battlefield level mechanism to prevent the violation of red lines expected to fall under the jurisdiction of NATO Supreme Allied Commander of Europe, General Todd Walters, officials explained. Now, guys, <coughs> this kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense that uh, Victoria Mark Milley would be telling people in Russia where they're going to strike. Do I need to remind you? That's right, ladies and gentlemen, Victoria Mark Melly. Okay, <laughs> here we go. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, one Pentagon official told Politico that the United States is flying U-2 surveillance aircraft over Ukraine at high altitudes to monitor the situation. One of the things we don't want to do is provoke a conflict with the Russians directly. That sentiment seems to stand at odds with realities on the ground. On Saturday, the Russian Defense Ministry pointed to the presence of Strategic USRQ-4, Global Hawk and MK-94, Uh, I apologize. And uh, where did I go? MK9A Reaper drones loitering in the Black Sea in an area where 16 Ukrainian gunboats attacked Russian warships during the evacuation of 82 Ukrainian border guard servicemen who surrendered to Russian forces on Zeminyi Island. MOD spokesman Igor Konoshnikov said there was a strong likelihood that these U.S. unmanned aerial vehicles directed the Ukrainian gunboats to attack the Russian ships. Uh Uh-huh. So you see, Pentagon is offering Ukraine some type of military assistance here. This uh, photograph here is U.S. drones were likely in the air during Ukrainian attack on Russian ships. Russia began a military operation in Ukraine on Thursday, coming to the assistance of the Donetsk and the Luhansk People's Republic allies after weeks of intensifying Ukrainian mortar, artillery, sniper, and sabotage attacks on militia positions and cities. The United States and its allies responded by slapping Russian officials, banks, businessmen, and several economic sectors with new sanctions, and promising to send nearly a billion dollars in additional arms assistance to Kiev, on top of the 2.5 billion plus dollars already delivered since 2014. Washington and NATO have so far promised to stay out of the conflict directly. However, Ukraine moved Sunday to establish an international legion for foreigners wishing to come to the country to fight the Russians. Western countries have also promised to provide Kiev with hundreds of millions of dollars in cash. Observers fear some of this money could be spent by Kiev to hire mercenaries. On Saturday, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko warned that Kiev's allies were actively pushing the country to keep fighting Russia, and said that each additional day that the conflict continues, threatens to turn the country into a foreign-backed meat grinder. Oh, that does not sound good, guys. All right, what does this say? Syria's U.S. envoy escalation Ukraine stems from West's noncompliance with obligations to Russia. Okay. We're not going to read that article, but there you go, guys. So Pentagon's trying to, uh, play footsies with Russia in the back room there. Let's see where we go from here. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not aware of how many articles I have. Yeah. We're almost done guys. We're right at the finish line. All right. Let's talk about Swift, baby. Let's talk about Russia and Ukraine. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, With all of this talk about war, war, war with Russia, Russia, Russia and increased aggression and we're going to do this and we're going to do that, ladies and gentlemen, the only support that Ukraine gets is swift sanctions, ladies and gentlemen basically. And they got my background for Mr. C in the dark there. So, haha. <laughs> Anyways, okay, let's talk about SWIFT. Let's, let's see what the deal is here, okay? Now, this is supposed to be like, what? A banking transaction information sharing type of thing here, if I understand it correctly. Okay, Sputnik. How Russia's SWIFT ban could backfire on the West and pave the way for an alternative payment system. This almost feels like it's by design, doesn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Does this not almost feel it's, like, by design? Like, get your popcorn, enjoy the movie, because uh, we're getting into the third act here, guys, okay? (laughs) Curtains drawn, all right? Okay, let's see what this article has to say. All Russian banks... Oh, wait. I think I can do this. All Russian banks already subjected to sanctions will be disconnected from SWIFT, European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced on Saturday. The European Union, the United Kingdom, Canada and the United States agree to implement the measure over Russia's special operation to demilitarize and denazify Ukraine. The removal of Russian banks from SWIFT means that while transactions continue to take place, the means of communicating have been rendered slower, says Suranjali Tandon, assistant professor at the at a Delhi-based National Institute of Public Finance and Policy. In order to predict the impact, it is important to assess the number of banks that currently use SWIFT and the size of transactions undertaken through Pardon me. And the size of the transactions taken through these. The Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications is a Belgium based independent organization that serves as an internal messaging system between over 11,000 banks and financial institutions in over 200 countries. Several major Russian banks, including Alpha Bank. <laughs> just kidding, Alpha Bank doesn't exist several major Russian banks, including Spurbank and (laughs) the VTB, could be disconnected from the system in the coming days. The Western leaders have also committed to imposing restrictive measures that will prevent the Russian central bank from deploying its international reserves in ways that undermine the impact of our sanctions. Russia's uh, Vinesh Kombank the VEB, stated that having been disconnected from SWIFT, the nation will switch to the financial messaging system, the SPFS, not to be confused with SPFF, of the Russian central bank and alternative channels. In 2014, Tandon says, Russia had already initiated a switch to its alternative payment system called SPFS. To the extent that these banks are used for cross-border payments, the impact of the current sanctions will not have the intended impact. According to the Central Bank of Russia's website, at least 331 banks, both domestic and foreign, are listed as the SPFS system users. Russia's withdrawal from SWIFT does not pose a threat to our internal settlement. Do you see that? Not the sanctions that are going to boot them off the SWIFT system. Russia's withdrawal from SWIFT does not pose a threat to our internal settlements, stimulates the spread of the ruble as an international currency, and at the same time reduces the possibility of destructive control by the West of our settlement operations. Andrei Klimov, head of the Federation Council Commission for the Protection of State Sovereignty, told the press on 27. February. At the same time, the removal of Russia from SWIFT will slow down exports, imports, and capital flows between the country and its partners. This will backfire on states, including those within the European Union, which main tra- maintain a trade or are dependent on energy supplies from Russia according to Tandon. As is quite amazing, guys, the way that this is all working out. It says uh, disruptions in supply caused by payment glitches can have significant consequences for the trading partners, she explained. That's tandem. Moreover, foreign companies operating in Russia will also be adversely affected. According to international observers, the situation is exacerbated by the fact that the world's economy is still fragile due to negative effects from the planned pandemic and accompanying lockdown measures. Meanwhile, the United States and European economies are suffering from soaring inflation, with growing energy prices threatening to accelerate it even further. In addition to that, the forthcoming increasing of interest rates by the U.S. Federal Reserve may prompt a wave of debt crisis among third-world economies, according to the IMF prognosis. The article continues, Could new payment systems challenge SWIFT's dominance? It cannot be ruled out that Russia's switch to its own financial messaging system could encourage other non-aligned nations to seek an alternative to the Western-led transaction systems, which may eventually challenge SWIFT's dominance in international financial markets, according to Christopher Bovis, professor of international business law at the University of Hull. Big blocks and could also be used as platforms for alternative transaction systems. One of them is BRICS, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, which has a combined population of 3.23 billion people, or over 40% of the world's population. BRICS should create their own payment system, suggested the head of the Russian Union of Industrialists and Entrepreneurs, Alexander Shokin, on 25th February. This option is quite viable under the condition of growing sanctions pressure against Russia, according to Sergio Rossi, professor of macroeconomics and monetary economics at the University of Freiburg, Switzerland. This system might provide a valuable alternative to the swift payment system, Rossi says. It could also induce the creation of a common currency for the BRICS countries to be used for the settlement of their foreign trade only, which participating country continuing to use its own national currency for all its own domestic payments. Moreover, the possibility of BRICS countries establishing an autonomous payment system in competition to SWIFT has been already in motion for some time, according to Bovis. However, it depends on the political appetite of BRICS countries to create such a system at such a moment in time, he remarks. When it comes to payments in national currencies, many European and Asian players would be interested in creating a payment mechanism allowing such settlements – because all of them have an increasing volume of trade with Russia on both commercial and financial grounds, according to Rossi. Russia has been adopting measures for de-dollarization for its economy for quite a while, shifting to settlements in national currencies with Asia, Middle Eastern, and Latin American players, including China, India, Iran, Turkey, and Venezuela. If such payment systems were to be created, it could be used to circumvent the sanctions. And indeed, the latter may accelerate the creation of this mechanism, the professor of macroeconomics notes. Will China and Russia team up for joint payment system? China is not sitting on its thumbs either. Beijing has developed the cross-border interbank payment system, SIPs, its own alternative for SWIFT. Having been launched in October 2015, SIPS grew 80% in value terms in 2018. And through 2019, CIPS reportedly processed 135.7 billion yuan, $19.4 billion American per day. For comparison's sake, SWIFT processes around $5 to $6 trillion daily. However, China's cross border interbank system is continuing to gain steam. Russia and China have already explored synergy in developing alternative payment systems. Recent sanctions may encourage the adoption of a joint payment system, says uh, Suranjali Tandon. Bovis and Rossi also believe that under the current circumstances, the possibility of Russian financial institutions joining CIPS is high. The Western sanctions against Russia will certainly accelerate the latter's access to CIPS as far as Russian foreign transactions are, or can be denominated in the Chinese currency, that is, the renminbi, says Rossi. It is even much more likely that Russia and China will join their forces to set up a joint two-currency payment system through which all transactions denominated in either the Russian ruble or the Chinese renminbi will be carried out electronically with a real-time gross settlement protocol which is the it standard in western payment system because it reduces settlement risks for all parties involved according to dr alexander Azdegon. china also has certain geopolitical reasons to team up with russia as the u.s and its nato allies are continuing to exert pressure on the people's republic over taiwan which is seen by Beijing as an unalienable part of the country. The tension over Taiwan is an incentive for China to ally itself more with Russia, says the geopolitical analyst. This is a very emotional issue for the Chinese. The more geopolitical issues, international relations tensions, and commonalities that Russia and China have, or would start having these commonalities, the more incentive it would be for China to move slowly toward russia so there you have it guys it seems that uh it could pi- quite possibly be that these swift sanctions are going to mean jack in the upcoming future for them even though it's going to take them months and months for these uh, and probably years for these sanctions to actually take a hold yep Very much indeed, guys. All right. That brings us to the end of today's C-Report, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you guys had a good one. I hope it was as good for you as it was for me, y'all. And thank you again for tuning in. I apologize. We got on the C-Report a little bit late today. Like I said, we did an extended version of Lone Star News because we got elections here tomorrow in the great state of Texas. And that's what that was all about, guys. But we'll be back at it again tomorrow, uh, live and in the flesh. And don't forget, guys, if you go over to thecereport.com, sign up for our email list. We still got a few slots open for them, free stickers. You want to see what these stickers look like? Oh, yeah, baby. Promotional stickers. This is about as much as we're working with right now for promotional items, guys. So, they're quite handsome. They're matte. They're durable. They're printed by Printus Maximus. In case you guys don't know, that is is, uh, uh, an outfit BrainPod has put together, which I think is pretty cool. We have someone in the community that's doing a printing business, guys. So uh, thank you again, Mr. BrainPod, for the assist with some of the design on that sticker. And it's a very handsome product indeed, guys. Alrighty, guys. Yep. Curious Cat says, thank you, Mr. C. Go and vote. (laughs) I'll be up early in the morning voting tomorrow, guys. And then I'm gonna go get me some tacos. And then uh, we'll see where the rest of the day takes us. But in the meantime, and in between time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for being with us here tonight. And uh, we will be back tomorrow as ever. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, as you go quietly into that gentle night, be safe be blessed, and God bless the United States of America. We will see you tomorrow.